Hello, Internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Camera Corner Podcast, where your geek slash nerd discussion podcast. We normally take uh, one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, what we feel like talking about that day, and we bat around until we get bored. I'm, as always, your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. I'm Jared, the news lad. And uh, we're doing an Oops All Topic episode today. Um, uh, if you're not familiar with the Oops All Topics uh, format, is where we take uh, a lot of minor stories from... Uh, from uh, entertainment news uh, recently, things that we feel it wouldn't wouldn't uh, support an entire episode, but we normally you know we want to talk about them. Yeah, we want to talk about them. We'll you know gobble together a, a, a few and you know just kind of give give our give our hot takes. Yeah, um, less news because we're not informing anybody of anything other than our own bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but but you clicked on this, so this is partially your fault. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the motto here at Cavern Corner. There, there's a social uh, Cavern contract. Corner po- Cavern Corner Podcast, this is mostly your fault. Yeah. Uh, Cavern Corner Podcast, the door's locked from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will start um, launching off, uh, you know, poignantly, given our most recent uh, episodes, um, with the uh, news of the Suicide Squad. Um, uh, not great. No, not not. Not doing tremendously well, but I would all it it is leading the box office. Yeah, but like it's still vastly underperforming, especially for a superhero movie, especially for one with the hype that it had behind it. Yeah. Um, but 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 I would I would say also it the the world has changed. Yes. In the last two years. Yes. Um. It is, it is uh, irresponsible to assume that a movie that was made to be released in a world where we could pack a theater to the brim uh, and watch a movie three or four times <laughs> is the same world that we're in now. Like just th- movies, mo- superhero movies are not magical buttons you can press and a billion dollars comes out anymore. No, that is the risk the studio is going to have to take. People have been talking about superhero movies uh, being a bubble for a long time, and we could probably discuss that in and of itself as a whole topic. Yeah, I, 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 dis- I disagreed with it being a with the concept of superhero movies being a bubble because those they're just stories. Yeah, um, like saying that they're the same thing as like cowboy movies. I think misses the point of what a cowboy movie was, and misses the point of what a superhero movie is. Yeah, I will say you can tell the same type of of superhero movie could get stale. Yes. Um, and and maybe that effect was coming up, but also it's like people said the same thing about zombie movies, and then like Warm Bodies comes out and it's a completely different style of zombie movie. Yeah. Um, you know, well, like you, I said, that could be its own topic. We, yeah. we really could just discuss that one. Yeah. But um, yeah, Suicide Squad, its biggest thing is uh, we've now hit another round of, of, of hesitancy because of the Delta variant of, of COVID. Um, me and Pat are, you know, uh, We're both fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Pat finally uh, got got it done too. I've been vaccinated for like almost four months now. Like I got it like as soon as it rolled out for the general populace. And uh, man, does it suck to immediately uh, have to consider going back into lockdown. Where I work, I have to wear a mask again um, yep. as part of work. Uh, at my job, they've all, they've in, in, they've initiated all all manner of new uh, mask mandates. Um, and here in Alabama, there is talks of of us going back into lockdown. Nothing concrete, but it is a thing that is being discussed. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and so that happening the same weekend as the Suicide Squad. And the Suicide Squad had something that uh, Black Widow uh, didn't have, which is... An R rating. Not just an R rating, but um, it was generally up just up on HBO Max, whereas Black Widow... Uh, you had to do like the Disney Plus. Yeah, you had to do Disney Plus Premium, yeah. which was you got to have already have a Disney Plus subscription, and then you got to pay extra. Yeah. So like Black Widow had a little bit more concrete numbers to work with on exactly like how much they were making between both things versus like HBO Max is already or is it HBO Max or HBO Go? I can never remember. HBO anymore. Max. HBO Max. HBO Max is already a huge subscription service. Yeah. We already had it. We've had it for like a year now. And uh, so for us, it's just another thing that got to come up on there, just like another Netflix show does, something like that. And so you don't concern, like, because of that, like, there's a lot of things that come up on Netflix. Um, like, recently I just rewatched, I just watched, the, or not rewatched, I watched the new season of uh, the movies that made us, and no part of me, despite knowing that it's uh, a, a documentary series that has a budget and are trying to make money off of it, but because it's just part of Netflix, it's just like, oh, they made their money off of the subscription. What else does it matter? That's not really going to be the case for something like the Suicide Squad. Right. So um, so we know that... So we don't... Like, it's, it's, it's impossible to tell like, if people re-upped their subscriptions for HBO Go just because of Suicide Squad. Like Maybe some people did. Um, it's possible. It's possible. But... That's a lot harder thing to quantify when it's already a service offering so much other shit on top of that. So with only its box office numbers to go, this looks like a very, very dismal showing. Yeah. Well, also, it's like, because with subscription services, you would measure success on how many new subscriptions you get with the, with the release of it. And that's not exactly the most reliable no. uh, metric to use. Because eventually you're going to hit market saturation and everyone who would buy an HBO Max subscription will have bought it. Yeah. Those who who would never buy one, you were never going to sell to them anyway. Yeah. And while they do keep track of like who watches the things on there, like their watch numbers because it's a it's a, it's an already a subscription service anyway, they don't show you ads. Like this isn't Hulu. Well, they don't they don't they don't show you they don't show you ads, but also it's like all that really records is who's paying for the account. Yeah. Oh, well, also it does record that like that the movie was watched. And yeah, but like, it, it, but it's it's not like I I don't enter my birth date before I watch anything. It does <laughs> it doesn't know that it doesn't know that the thirty year old is watching Batman the animated series. It could be the ten year old. Right. Um, and so uh, so that makes. It really try, uh, makes like the what we could know possibly about like the the true success of this movie, kind of unknown because I've watched it twice. Uh, after me and Pat had our uh, recording session, I went and watched it on HBO Max with my wife because she didn't get a chance to go to the theaters with us. Right. So, um, but that does not really feel like it translates to uh, two tickets uh, to go in and see this movie. Yeah, uh, and like Disney Premium, unless they change the price on it. For Black Widow, um, I think for Mulan, it was more or less the price of uh, four uh, matinee tickets. Yeah. Uh, no, that's about what it was for um, for Black Widow as well. Um, and so, speaking of Black Widow and the issue of uh, these dual releases, 
because uh, this is all a pretty new thing, and theaters were, you know, I think I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I think we did actually, uh, way back at the beginning of COVID, uh, when theaters were like starting to drop off, and uh, uh, because of this, yeah. But, the, I mean, the theaters around us have only recently started getting back to full force. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely, I don't know if they can survive another another lockdown. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, and, uh, but, so, this is, uh, this is a little bit, uh, a little bit older, but it does come into play with what's happening with Suicide Squad, which is Scarlett Johansson suing Disney over the subscription service. Because Scarlett Johansson's contract, and because this is not dissimilar to a lot of the actors' contracts, um, they're locked in for a percentage of their movie. And most often it's a percentage of the box office take. It is actually specifically a yeah. percentage of the box office take, which um, excludes any any, any uh, benefits or bonuses or anything from the streaming take. Yeah. So no, normally that clause would have, that would have said they were excluded from uh, video releases. Yeah. Um, like because uh, normally that's the other bump that a film is like is liable to get. So, uh, Johansson uh, said that they were in breach of contract for putting the movie out in both places because it, it unfairly will limit her success from the movie, like her own personal growth and uh, money from it. And I've seen a lot of people who've, who've said, like, well, fuck the mouse, yeah, she should, she should get that money. And while I do agree to a certain... Like, I, I agree on principle, fuck on the mouse. On principle, yeah. Like, um, I, I think she is full... Like, if she, if she has... If she has grounds to sue, by all means, sue. And I believe she's well within her rights. But I also, in this instance, can't 100% fault the mouse. Yeah. Because we are in the middle of a pandemic. This was The movie was well, and constantly also, and being also, delayed. And also streaming movies at the same time. Putting movies on streaming at the same as day release is a fairly new concept. Yeah. like that, I guarantee you that concept came about well after... Scar Johansson signed on to make Black Widow. Yes, it certainly did. Um, because theaters were literally saying, like, oh, if you do this, we won't show your movies. Yeah. And then too many big studios were like, oh, no, we're going to do this. Yeah, they, 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 they said, fuck around and find out. Yeah, and the movie theater decided, and the movie theaters decided to not fuck around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Diamond Distributor tr- tried to do the same thing with the comic book industry, and it didn't work out that well for them. Yeah. And. Like you can d- debate whether or not that's that's whether your take on it uh, is whatever, but we cannot argue that we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic. We are not at the end of it yet, as much as we would goddamn like to be. And um, so, I honestly think that even if they're being sued for it, Disney was. It's hard to call them saying they're in the right, but I definitely don't say that they're in the wrong for doing this. For uh, putting the movie out on streaming at the same time. Especially because, just God, like, uh, God knows our theater experience was not the best. No. We, we included it in, in our review of the movie. Uh, uh, because theaters aren't aren't a happy, magical place to be right now. No, they're kind of, uh, they're kind of uh, dark and dank and horror movie-ish. Yeah. That shit is legit scary. And... Uh, it, it doesn't help that they have like all these posters and uh, you know uh, up that for movies that were stated to come out years ago but still haven't come out. You're, <laughs> yeah. in, you're in this weird alternate history Fallout DLC. <laughs> um, and so uh, 
Uh, so right now we're in the post week of Suicide Squad, where the world holds its breath to see how Free Guy is going to do. Yeah. Which, if you had told me when Free Guy was coming out that it was going to have any type of actual impact on the movie di- uh, industry, that it, I would that, that it, w- it was going to be the metric by which Hollywood decides whether genre movies can stay or go. Um, or uh, well. Really, because it's the thing about about Free Guy is it's only getting a theatrical release. So right now they have to see like, okay, this is currently the most hyped movie that we have. Yeah, this movie has the most marketing. Uh, it's got it's got that fucking Ryan Reynolds like magic, you know, yeah, offbeat the, marketing the, the, brand. The internet is in love with. Yeah, um, doing his like buff guy uh, like takes where he's just like, yeah, I, I spent a week to work out and. Got this massive Dwayne the Rock Johnson body, yeah, um, and him doing the the Deadpool reacts review and with like Korg and stuff like that, like brilliant fucking marketing moves, just good plays all around. Um, and the movie's looking to do well for it being Free Guy, a movie that should have come out in November of last year, a movie that I might have even mentioned on this podcast. I was probably gonna see because I like Ryan Reynolds and it looked like it was gonna be stupid fun, yeah. Not a movie that this fucking industry should be hanging its, uh, should be looking to to see like what it could make, because I never thought it was going to do all that well. I mean, as a fan of the things happening in it. I mean, I know we're not in the darkest timeline. The darkest timeline would be a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> the darkest timeline. It's old. Oh, old came. Uh, old got delayed two weeks, and we're waiting on this M Night Shyamalan movie to figure out. Yeah, that that or you know, see no evil. <sighs> uh, don't breathe too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, God. Um, Wait, is that what it's called? Why did I call it See No Evil? Because the dude's blind. Is there a movie called See No Evil? Yes. Okay. But, but the guy, but the guy in uh, Don't Breathe Two is, is blind. Also, don't see Don't Breathe Two. Don't Breathe sucked. Uh, it's not a good movie. I watched it recently. Oh, is is not Daredevil as a serial killer? No, I don't want to discuss what he does in this podcast. It's it's untoward. Toward um, for this podcast? Okay. Um, no, 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 that wasn't a dare. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just say that he's not a sympathetic character, and making him the protagonist uh, only makes me want him to be murdered in the movie. Oh, okay. I don't care how much he cares about the little girl in the movie. Fuck her too. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh. No, like, like th- that dude could could one hundred percent die in that movie. Who gives a fuck? Um. But yeah. So now with um people becoming litigious over the Disney movies uh, and the Delta variant wrapping up in what three or four weeks we have Shang-Chi coming up mm-hmm. and Marvel has, has announced that um, so that they can honor their contracts and there's no more issue of people suing Shang-Chi is going to be in a, a theaters exclusive only movie and we don't know what the world is going to look like three weeks from now because we are in a Hard uptick in COVID cases. Yep. Like, honestly, it's not it's not an impossible timeline to see in three weeks from now the theaters being shut down again, especially in our area where they're barely hanging on as it is. I mean, and honestly, if I, if if I were the mouse, I would just okay, just pay them. Just pay, just pay them. Release a movie for streaming. But the thing is, like, you can't just pay them. Like, it's a it's a contract negotiation thing. Yeah. Like. It's like it's not as simple as that. Like, what do what do they get to earn out of the the cut? Like, um, 
There's, there's, a, there's so many variables there, to it. There's that, but there's, there's law and then there's value of human life. Yes. Because, like, okay, does it come out and bomb because no one's going to see it because they're scared of the virus? Does it come out or and bomb because it it's Shang-Chi? Does it come out and bomb because it's Shang-Chi? I don't think it will. I mean, it, at the very least, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool kung fu movie. I mean, Ryan I, likes to like say, like, oh, it's a character nobody cares about. And I was like, dude, I don't think you understand how little the general population knows about, about any, any of these characters. characters. Like, Iron Man went on to be, like, the biggest... Like, Robert Downey Jr. is one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in the world. And uh, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but my grandmother, right, like, a few months before the movie came out, had a door-to-door Kirby vacuum salesman come to our door... To sell us a Kirby vacuum, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you like comic books, do you?" Uh, like literally, <laughs> literally, dude in a gray three-piece suit with like a derby on. He was, he was no he, joke. He was, he was, he was. Was he also trying to sell you vault insurance? Nope. No, I wish I, I, uh, I would have lived and died for that Fallout reference. No, uh, but uh, yeah, selling fucking Kirby vacuum cleaners came to our house. Uh, three-piece suit, and he was just like, he didn't have that voice, but that, I'm definitely using that voice for him, but he's just like, ah, I hear that there's some type of Iron Man coming out of the theater soon. Um, he seems to be some type of comic character. Um, uh, your grandmother's told me, you're quite the fucking nerd. How do you feel about this? And I was like, I don't give a fuck about Iron Man, but I'm gonna see it, because I like, I like comic book stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was the truth for me, and he was like, who is the Ironed Man? Does he fly through the skies? Does he have super strength? And I was like, I don't know. He, he, the dude makes robot suits. Like this, this interaction <laughs> is already going on farther than it had to. <laughs> and uh, and nobody knew anything about this character. Like, um, but but yeah, like it, it, there's the least likely scenario is I think is bombing is I think it bombed because no one cares about Shang Chi. People care about Marvel. Yeah. Like they they want to they they're gonna want to go and see the ongoing saga of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um. Because no one wants to get to whatever the fuck the next big crossover movie is and not understand anything. Yeah. Um. You know it it, it, it you know even if the title is just Marvel, you're middle aged now. I've eaten your youth. Um. <laughs> the the uh. But. I'd see that. Yeah. You know there there's the possibility of it of it coming out and and bombing because people are staying in the Delta variant. But my biggest fear is that it comes out. And it does okay because people are going, I don't care about the virus. I want to go see the Marvel movie because I haven't seen a movie in two years. Yeah. Um, like, uh, and, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's, oh, goddamn you nerds. I can believe that there was enough people, uh, and I hate to call them people, that just didn't go and see Black Widow because it was a female in it. It was the same people that bitched about Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, I they are they are wrong. They are invalid. But you know it's probably for the best that they weren't in the theater. Um, Shang Chi is a guy by all accounts. Yeah. So as far as I know. Yeah. So so they're they're dumb enough to not fear the virus, and they're misogynist enough to go and see a movie with a guy in it. And so the and so the and so they come to the theater, and then Delta spikes again, maybe worse than COVID. Um, or or you know we get another mutation you know involved involved as well. Yeah, um, like because it was like what this week the first it was like all schools was, this was the first week of school, 
And there was a story that came out about like this mother who tested positive for COVID. Her child tested positive for COVID, and despite the fact that she tested positive for this disease that she claims was a hoax, sent her child to school, and uh, that school now has 80 new cases of COVID. Oh, I mean, the like uh, just up here, um, like one of the schools my mother works at, they have been in school for four days, and then already a teacher had to call out for COVID. Like that's a shame. No, that, that, now, that, now that being said, I don't know. Like I know, I know for a fact that all of the teachers are not vaccinated. Yeah. Because the vaccination rate in Birmingham is shit. Well, once again, on well, Alabama of, is shit. A lot of black folk, a lot of vaccine hesitancy. Um, well, it's not all black people. I know plenty of white people who are ignorant as hell about it too. Oh, I do too. I'm just saying that, like, for Alabama, that, that is always going to be a thing. Like, I have there's a, a lot of people I work with. A lot of people I work with are very big on like, you know, we don't know what's in that vaccine. It's untested. They can't test. The, they can't test on the population like that. Which you know, if that's your excuse, you don't know. What the, you don't know what's in any vaccine. You don't know what's in the food you're eating if you if you go the, through the drive through. You know yeah. how many snot burgers you've probably eaten. Oh, it's a lot. Um, hell, as somebody who, who handles, like, um, food for people and gets a lot of rude-ass customers, I personally would never do it. Um, if, if, you're, if you're hearing me and you're thinking, oh, he's, he's clearly hinting that he's, like, spat in people's food before. No. <laughs> You've ever bought me from Jerry. <laughs> that ain't me. But I definitely have had the thought, man, you're lucky I'm not one of those people because you've eaten some shit burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had a dude like go in, handle his balls, and then like rub rub the rub his hands on your food. Believe me, because <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'm not that kind of guy. I personally, taint wiped every single one of these crab legs. <laughs> oh my god, if I could. Um, but yeah, so like. For a movie I genuinely want to see, and hell, I probably would see in theaters, I actually felt more comfortable going to see Black Widow knowing that it was a, there was a streaming option for it, so I knew that we weren't going to get an overcrowded theater. Yeah. Um, Which, to be fair, there's... I mean, we probably still won't. No. Uh, Birmingham... Birmingham's not big on movies. Yeah. Like, it's very strange to me, especially, like, when I lived in Texas, and, like, holy crap, there were... Almost every showing of every movie I went to uh, was always like a, over a half full theater, with the exception of one, which is the Devil showing, which is a story I will probably tell on this podcast at some point when we have just an episode where I can tell stories to fuck with people. That'll be our Halloween episode. Yeah, the 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 horror the horror stories episode. Um, just, just cursed experiences from your past. Yeah, uh, I, I got some good ones. Uh, hell, maybe one time I'll tell the Ponyo story. <laughs> um. Oh, that's uh, that's that's it's, you, you mentioned Ponyo and Jared like five thousand mile stairs like he was in the last chop ride of Nom. Yeah, um, uh, I, I got a Ponyo rant that I'm pretty infamous for for people that know me, but uh, but yeah, so that was kind of like what I, I wanted to get on, on on these movies. It's like man, like it's a really uncertain time, and we're finally fucking getting our Marvel shit, and. Like, I, I can't blame ScarJo for being upset about the thing because it is technically a breach of contract, but there's also just that part of well, it. Also, it's like, like, I don't know how much of it is ScarJo and how much of it is ScarJo's legal team. That's fair as well. 
Because like it might, it might, she might not be that broken up about it, but it, her lawyer's like, it's our job to to act on this. Yeah, that's very true. Um, because I mean, like celebrities have teams of people around them. Them people's got to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know the the yeah, even like with Marvel's the, their reworking contracts for the for Robert Downey Jr. stuff. It wasn't because. Robert Downey Jr. does not just dive in a in a in a Scrooge McDuck style money bin every day, and if he can't if he can't if he can't refresh it, you know he won't work. You know he's got a legal team and he's got a he's got a SAG contract. Yeah. Um, where are we headed after that? Um, let's see, we can we hit Suicide Squad, Free Guy, Black Widow, Shang Chi, um, the Wilds Beyond the Witchlight. Okay, yeah. Uh, so. Um, we are now ramping up for the next uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition adventure. Uh, to take you on a little side from the from the movie news, uh, get into a little tabletop stuff here. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, like the the last one they did was uh, well the last last one they did was the, was a Magic crossover for Strixhaven. Strixhaven hasn't come out yet. Oh, it's, oh, okay. Nope. Uh, I, thought it, I thought it was out. It is not out yet. It, is, it will be out soon. Like, we, uh, before the end of this year, we will still get, and we're in the back half of this year, we're still going to get the Strixhaven book, we're going to get the Fizzbands Dragon book, yeah. and we're going to get the Wilds Beyond the Witchlight. Okay. Um, so I thought the, I thought the Fizzbands dra- uh, Dragon book was after uh, Witchlight. I thought it was after all the Feywild Fae- stuff. No, but, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, it is, but like so is Strixhaven as well. Okay. Um, so... Uh, so, so the, up, so the last one they did was it Van Richten? The last, the last book that came out was Van Richten. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, uh, good in good in great news for fucking um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Hasbro has announced that uh, this was like the banner year for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it was their number one selling property. Makes sense because you can play D and D over Zoom. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, Hasbro is also a toy company and stuff like that. D and D was doing better than the toys. Well, I was also I was gonna say this, like you know, when you got Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, all this has been working together, to make the game more popular than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, we know that we're gonna get uh, an extra book because typically we get like four, I think, books a year, uh, four or five, and yeah. I think like, like they said that we're in line to get an extra one or two next year. Um, just because they're gonna amp, they're gonna ramp up things a little bit. Good. Um, I'm hoping that they don't ramp it up, you know, like they have in the past. Yeah, and we get to and we get to the the oversaturation limit. I'm I'm looking across at the three five books, and they take up half of a bookshelf. Yeah, well, I mean, my fifth takes up almost an entire bookshelf. Yeah, uh, but they're also like bigger. Yeah, but the, thicker. Those, well, I would say those are also like modules and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 three five. No, this is just player content. Yeah, takes up half of a bookshelf, <laughs> and they're hardback books. That I had that were expensive. I remember having. I remember buying when I was in like high school. Yeah, when it wasn't easy to get that kind of money. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. So um, looking into Wilds Beyond the Witchlight, uh, like because well, I, I don't know anything about. It. All I know is that it, it's like Fey Wild stuff. Yeah, it's Fey Wild stuff. Um, my, my wife loves Fey Wild shit. Like that is one hundred percent her jam. Um, she uh, she runs uh, from time to time a home game with uh, with Sarah. Uh, Ryan's wife, um, and it's a Feywilds game. Right. And, uh, like, that is 100% the thing that she's into. Um, and so I know I know enough to make passing conversation about it. Uh, but uh, one of the things that we discovered with uh, with this, as they're releasing up and they're putting out new information, also as an aside, uh, Magic the Gathering D&D also came out, and their green cards 
Um, particularly like their. I mean the the D and D expansion for Magic Magic Gathering. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the uh, Adventures in the in Forgotten, Forgotten Realms, Realms. Uh, set that Magic released uh, last month. Uh, me and Ryan have gotten heavily into. Um, Ryan being a white green player, uh, he has several of those cards. Like those are the cards he mostly has. Yeah, he is what's wrong with the world. <laughs> Why would he play? Oh no! Like I'm, I'm, I'm more. I'm bringing baggage from previous edition. Like white, white green is what I think of. Like life gain, big monsters. The game's gonna take 10, 10 years. Yeah, that's Ryan. Oh, okay. That, that, that's Ryan. Um, th- you're not wrong. Um, so, uh, but like, they they did a thing in the set where like uh, every color has a dragon, even though that doesn't necessarily make sense for all of them. Yeah. Um, but and the whatever. dragons they use don't necessarily make sense. Yeah, like Icing Death being the white dragon. Uh, I mean, it is a white dragon, but that's where the similarities end. Yeah. Um, so some of the, like, the color philosophies get a little bit broken so that you can have a themed, like a red dragon in your red set, a blue dragon in your blue. Um, all of them are named dragons in Dungeons & Dragons, which is really cool. Um, and all the planeswalk, all, all the colors have a planeswalker for them, and all of them are major characters in D&D. Uh, some oh, of them, they, they introduced new planeswalkers? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Zariel is a planeswalker for black, oh, for red. Loth is the planeswalker for black. Morden Kanan is the, is the planeswalker for blue. Um, shit, I forgot who's the planeswalker for white. And, uh, oh, um, Bahamut, I believe, is the planeswalker for white. Oh, okay. Uh, he is, like, it's called, like, like the man who serves flowers. It's like him in his human form. Gotcha. And then, like, his final ability, he can transform into Bahamut. Neat. Um, and then... Eliwit Tumblestrum is the planeswalker for green. Yeah, I can and, make up words too, Jared. And so if that doesn't sound familiar to you, because all of those other ones do sound familiar because they're long-standing D&D people, uh, Eliwit Tumblestrum is the gnome bard who is a major player in Wilds Run the Witchlight. They made her a planeswalker as a tie-in to the next adventure. Some people have had some pushback to that because why put a new character out when you're supposed to be paying homage to... Yeah. Uh, thing that's been out for forever. I get the the market synergy. I'm not really all that offended by well, it. Well, you know, I would I would say yeah, make her a card, but maybe not make her a planeswalker. But she is the planeswalker. But, I mean, but she did it. So yeah, so, it is what it is. Um, so that that inspired me to look into it, and so now like they're really amping up, and they're putting out the pre order stuff, and apparently, uh, they they've got some little caveats for this adventure, which makes me super excited to uh, to play it. Um, one of which is the adventure was designed for non-combat parties in mind. I don't think this is your adventure, Pat, but it's definitely uh, one for me. It's definitely, Where, it's definitely one I need to be warned before I start playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, the idea is that every scenario is designed with a non-combat solution where you should be able to talk your way out of it or come up with a creative solution that doesn't involve combat. Like yeah, That's neat. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a neat idea. I mean, it doesn't have to be done for every game, but, hey, I'm, I, I definitely love that, that kind of shit, so... Yeah. Um, it's also um, the first adventure for this, with Forgotten Realms being the default setting for these. Um, that typically is how like the adventure are presented. Usually, like every adventure do- though does have a section of like, hey, here's how to run this adventure in um, uh, in like in Greyhawk in Kryn. Yeah. Kryn was the one I lost for a second there, uh, but like in do they? I'm trying to think. Do, do they mention Pern? I don't know if that's a Watsi property. Uh, it's not. Yeah. Uh, also, Pern would be like really fucking out there. Yeah, it would be. Um, but uh, so, uh, but this is the first adventure that, like, even like Ravenloft assumed that you were coming from from Forgotten Realms. From Forgotten Realms, 
Um, even though you could easily come from anywhere, and that when we ran it, we, we yeah. came from kind of all over the place. Um, but uh, but this one is does not have a set standard. Like it, it actually is designed that your caterers can come from, from anywhere. anywhere, and uh, and so that was the one of the new things about it. And the other thing was um, they're going to bring back a bunch of old characters who have not been seen in a very long time. And um, and I'll get to that in, in a second. But uh, so, Pat, yo, do you remember? Because I had. Because at this point, if Pat turns around and looks behind him, he's going to see hundreds, if not per, maybe even a little over a thousand miniatures. Okay. We have a fucking shit ton of miniatures here at this house um, that we use. And I've gotten pretty good lately about actually busting them out for our games um, to give us a little bit more flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, when 3rd uh, Edition had released its kind of like miniature tabletop game to also sell their miniatures with, yeah. Um, I had a very small. I had a much smaller amount of miniatures, one of which was called War Duke. Okay. War Duke was like a barbarian-looking dude. He didn't have any armor on, um, but he had like this big kind of like fish, like fish-like helmet, a big shield, and a sword. Okay. Yeah, you're describing him now. I see him. You see him. Yep. Um, did you know that's a D and D character? That's what. <laughs> That is a classic D&D Greyhawk character. <laughs> there is a ton of history for him. And I've just thought... I thought Warduke was like the name of something out of like uh, the Bestiary 4. Well, yeah, I thought I thought that was just like his, like maybe a like name of his classification because all of the minis had names. Yeah. Nothing was just Orc Dude. It was like Orc, orc Spear Bearer or like... And Warduke is so generic, yeah. you don't think of that as a dude's name. No, Warduke is his name. Um, War Duke uh, was actually introduced in uh, in uh, in 1984. So let's go on a little history lesson. I'm gonna take you with me because this was all fucking amazing to me. Okay, so um, 1984. Neither of us are born yet. Yes. Um, so uh, well, all this started, by the way, was when I saw the new pop for Dungeons and Dragons is War Duke, and I was like, how and why? That what? Because right now, there's only a handful. There's Minx and Boo as one pop. Yeah. Um, a Mind Flare, Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Strahd, a Gelatinous Cube, and a Drist slash Guinevar dual pop. And uh, then um, this year's uh, Comic-Con, they put out uh, Xanathar. Um, and so, very, very few characters. Like, they've been very select on who they've used for their D&D pops. And Warduke being one of them blew my fucking mind because I was like why and who and why how so War Duke in 1984 um, Dungeons and Dragons have been around for a little over 10 years because I think the first the very very first Gygax edition was 1973 if I'm correct and uh, so they decided to break into the toy market uh, just after the release of AD&D and they released this shitty shitty toy set um, including like uh, War Duke uh, Strongheart, uh, Carrick, and a couple of others. And uh, oh, okay, <laughs> Strongheart. Strongheart, I've heard of. You've, you've heard of a Strongheart? Yeah. Uh, he is the most boring, bland, generic-looking, old-time Don Quixote paladin. Uh, technically, he was a fighter because they didn't have paladins at this yep. time. Um, and uh, 
And so there were two flavors of fighter. There was Strongheart and there was Warduke. And um, Strongheart being the, the, the righteous man of valor in the most absolutely boring, mundane suit of plate mail you've ever seen in your life. Like If you're picturing boring, old-school, perhaps even Looney Tunish style like plate mail, that's what Strongheart wears. Okay. Like I said, Don, I'm not joking when I say like Don Quixote. And Warduke is buff dude like um, in a, essentially a thong and a metal helmet with a crazy sword and a the shield. Guy, the guy who'd probably be spray painted on the side of a van. Hell yes. And so uh, he was the breakout character of the toy set. I wonder why. And, uh, and so they released an adventure called the Quest for the Heartstone to go along with it. And by every by every standard, it was a subpar shitty adventure. It was one hundred percent. Any adult who looked at it and read the adventure was like, "This is some we're trying to sell some shit uh, uh, to kids, like toy toy brand kind of stuff." But it had the desired effect. Mm-hmm. Kids grew up with uh, their parents who liked Dungeons and Dragons. They like they bought them the Warduke toys and the Strongheart. They they bought and ran this generic shitty adventure for them. So despite the fact that it is just some uh, pure commercial garbage, a lot of kids love them. And so to pay homage to it, when when third edition came out with their their toy thing uh, with their mini uh, line, they introduced uh, they put back Warduke into it. Right. And they buffed Warduke the hell up. He's like a level eighteen fighter with like stats in the thirties. Like he is a beast, and uh, and so I've had this mini, but I don't remember having that card. Mm-hmm. So this has been like a throwaway mini for me for almost fifteen, if not twenty years, to know that he ends up like he's a, a landmark character that people have strong, strong nostalgia for, and he's just been sitting in my box. As a caterer, I use sometimes when I want a, a funny when, looking. Yeah, when you when I when basically when you want a mook. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I've never used him for anybody important. Wow. And uh, but Warduke, Strongheart, and Carrick are all going to be uh, making appearances in Wilds Beyond the Witchlight. Okay. Um, they also said and more '80s characters to come. A lot of people are assuming. Vinger. A lot of people are assuming that with uh, that with them them also doing kind of a special like. Uh, uh, line of magic cards for the 80s ca- cartoon in general yeah. that the 80s kids are going to show up to. Um, especially with them making a, a point of like, well, people can come from all over the place for Wilds Beyond the Witch Light from any dimension that they think that like there's going to be a bit where like some kids come off a fucking uh, roller coaster and uh, <laughs> pop in there. Like, uh... That's pure speculation. Yeah, that's that speculation. I don't know how likely I would feel. I, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking for the 80s kids. I would... I would expect Venger. Like, Venger showing up, and, you know, you know, you know, hey, it's Tiamat, you know. I would probably pop for that, because, like, the, the kids in the, you know, back in the show, you were kind of supposed to project yourself onto one of the kids. Yeah. You know, like a D&D game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was uh, an entirely fascinating thing that, uh, like, I haven't pulled him out yet, but I'm going to put him... Because uh, we have a section for, like, named characters who are important. Um, and then we have, like, boxes for mooks. I'm going to pull them out of the mook box and finally put them in the in named the name character people box. that matter. Yeah. Uh, to show them some goddamn respect after Just neglect. So, so when he shows up in the game, you can actually put his mini on the table. Yep. Hell yeah. 
Um, I, I don't know. I just I thought that was neat. I thought you definitely get a kick out of that. I hope that, the, that is that is cool. I like, hope our listeners do too. Yeah, because like I I, rem- I remember the mini moat, but like I remember us using him so scantily. Yeah. Um. Uh. That I more remembered him from the uh, Wayne Reynolds art of him that was in one of the books. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. So uh, anything else D and D related? Uh. No. I. I, I just thought, like I said, like I'm, I'm very intrigued by what they're gonna do with Wilds Run the Witchlight. It, it seems like it, um, uh, uh, it probably won't be a game that we do for Sunday or something like that. Like, um, uh, most likely Monica will probably personally run it for like me and maybe Sarah. Yeah, because that is kind of the thing she wants to do, and she usually keeps her games like to one or two people. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I just, I just thought you get a kick out of that whole fucking strong heart shit. Yeah, it's like, it, it, which is, which is perfectly fine. Like, you know, I hope people like it. The f- the Faye, Faye in D&D, not my bag. Faye in Dresden, very much. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but moving on to our next topic. Oh, real quick, just oh. on the Faye thing in general. I don't know if you've seen this. Ryan Ryan has ADHD. Like, uh, he, really he takes, bad. Yeah, he takes, he takes medication for it. Um, he posted a thing the other day, um, and Pat doesn't ever check any of his Facebook shit, um, but it was like... Not entirely true. I just don't check it regularly. Uh, but uh, he posted the thing of like... What if, uh, as a small, gullible child, um, some stranger walked by you and said, Hey, can I have your attention? And then you agreed and said yes, and then they smiled and disappeared. And now someone in the Fae has your attention, and this is why you have ADHD. I did see that. And uh, someone was like, we should play an adventure. We're like, that's the the hook. All of our characters have ADHD, and we're venturing into the Feywilds to find the fairy fuck that took it and get it back. That is that is a game that is going to go nowhere, <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> that is that is all chaos characters all the time. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to play in that game. I don't want to run that game. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, moving on from that. Um, so next, we're going to get. Uh, I want to talk about fandoms for a second. <laughs> fandoms and anime news. Yeah, um, there've been. Uh, there's been a, there's been a story recently coming out. Uh, I don't think I don't think it, I don't think I'm talking too far out of turn to say that the um, My Hero Academia uh, manga and anime are fairly popular right now. No, no, that like uh, hell, like them including like uh, Demon Slayer or like they're, they're bringing anime like every, every it seems like every generation we get like the new anime that's bringing it even more into the mainstream. Yeah, like the fact that fucking. Uh, Demon Slayer is like the number one foreign movie of all time is awesome. Yeah. And that's saying and with that said, like it's it's almost hard for me to fathom because I went to the theater for all three theatrical releases of the Dragon Ball Super movies. Mhm. Which uh, you know, and which like I said the but one one thing I want to talk about in relation to the Myra Academia uh, property is the fandom surrounding it, specifically the American fandom, um, be, and not, I don't know if the if this is relevant to the Japanese fandom, but I'm not Japanese. Yeah. Um, but the American fandom has started. We are they they are on the road to becoming an extremely toxic fandom. Um, I don't think they're there are we, yet. Are we talking like uh, like half a Steven Universe? Uh. I only wa- I only ever watched like the first three or four episodes of Steven Universe, so I, le- I, I left. Yeah, I left long before it was it got it got to toxic, and like you know, 
I would just walk through a con and go, oh, that's a Steven Universe cosplayer, and I stay well away from them. I heard all of the toxic stories from my friends who were into it. Yeah. Um, two people that play in our uh, in our regular Thursday game, uh, big, big fans of Steven Universe, and both recently had to leave like different fan groups they were in because they became too toxic. Yeah. Um, but, like, and I, I say this, you know, I am a member of several toxic fandoms. I am a Star Wars fan. Um, you, you sad son of a bitch. I am. I am. Was, I am on the wrong side of history. I am. You know, <laughs> when, 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 when Lord, when, when the, when the Lord comes, comes back and he opens his book to separate us. I know which line to get in. Right. Um, but there's nothing wrong with liking a property. It gets to a problem when you start sending people death threats. Um, which that is what happened with my academia. The, uh, Kohei Horikoshi started receiving death threats about wanting uh, certain characters uh, to to come out as a certain sexuality or for certain shipping to happen. There is like almost no plot shipping romance element in My Hero Academia. All of it's shit that the fans have projected. I mean, to be fair, there is a pretty strong one between Midoriya and Ochako. There's it's implied though. Yeah, like outside of just a couple teasing remarks, is not they haven't they haven't held hands. Yeah, like they haven't like you know. No, no, no. I I wouldn't definitely say they're in a relationship, but I would say like in the in the young adult um, like curriculum of like of how these types of stories advance, like, they're they're definitely the dictators that are obviously uh, like the writer has intended for them to end up together. Uh, seemingly, yeah. like he, he he could totally throw a wrench in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like uh, a lot of and and just point point of point of fact, you are there to consume it. You are not there to critique somebody making it or dictate um, it or dictate somebody making it. And liking it does not give you ownership of it. Oh, I was thinking like specifically like 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 Aang and um, Katara. Like, there's a lot of like very subtle hints about that. Um, yeah, being something before it ever actually is. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but I would also say that you know, one of the one of the traits of a toxic fandom is overzealous shippers. Oh yeah. Um, like you know the, the they do not pass quietly in the night. No. And they and they and they <laughs> the cannons come out and they get entitled. Entitlement is what they load their cannons with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just. It, if you if you, if you are within the sound of my voice and you are a My Hero Academia fan, uh, and you feel that and you feel that you know, oh Kiribaku forever and anything that doesn't uh, that isn't with that you know I'm not I am I will rage at tone it down about ten degrees. Who? Kirish, Ki, Kiribaku Kirishima and Bakugo. Kirishima Kirishima Kirishima. Red Riot. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, man, it gets harder and harder for me to remember that Kirishima is his name, and it's not Tetsu, 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 Tetsu. <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> guy from Class 1B who has the same power, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Tetsu, 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 Tetsu has a much funnier name. It, it is. And uh, <laughs> like, I remember Red Riot a lot easier than I remember uh, uh, Kirishima's real name. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I get obsessed with this shit the same way I get obsessed with, like, you know... American comics, so yeah. yeah, I remember. I know these characters' names and their and their code names and their real names. I'm in a I'm in the middle of a rewatch. I'm on episode 35, 
So like, they just picked their their hero names recently, and uh, uh, I'm, but I'm still too early for a lot of the characters that have actually any shine time yet. Yeah. So. Uh, well, so, the, well, and also the reason uh, this goes out as a warning because right now season five of the show we're still kind of in filler. We're still kind of in happy times. Um, we're about to enter what is co- what is commonly titled the war arc, and y'all will not pass the vibe check on that. <laughs> so th- you know, just you know, tone it back. <laughs> but you know, so I want I wanted to, I wanted to make that that shipping point because also one of the other things that they are getting very upset about and up in arms about is a recent, not the most recent chapter, but the one before that yeah. um, uh, was released. And one of the uh, characters, uh, Minoru Mineta, um, if, you, if you, you, you might not know the name, you definitely know the character. He's like, the a, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a short person with like grapes for hair. Yeah. Um, he's kind of the series pervert and just, the like my hero Damon is not an etchy show. He makes it an etchy yeah, show. Yeah, the, the, per- the person that the that the 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 fans hate the most, though. To be fair, he is the one that like you know the fiction crumbles around because it's like I I don't know how he passed the test to get in. Oh, um, uh, he's actually already confirmed uh, how he uh, uh, passed the test to get in. Um, uh, what's the author's name? Horikoshi. Uh, Horikoshi. Um, he gunked up the robots with the sticky balls. Okay, and that caused them to collapse upon themselves, and that's how he got in. Yeah, but like you know, he he's he also like freezes in conflict. Well, yes, but when he uh, actually does not freeze in conflict, he throws his balls insanely while he's in conflict, <laughs> um, which is one hundred percent what he needed to do. No, the one that uh, that they all crumbles around is the invisible girl. Oh, how 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 did she break the robots? Oh, probably rescue points. How could they prove that? Uh, she wears gloves and boots. <laughs> um, also, she can manipulate light. She's basically a human flashbang. Oh, I did not know that. I've not gotten far enough to ever see that be a thing she does. Yeah, they uh, uh, Horikoshi confirmed like when you when you see the first baby that ever had a quirk is like this glowing baby. Yeah. Uh, uh, Invisible Girl is a descendant of that baby. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's a, he's actually you know tied together a lot of shit. That's actually really I'm I'm glad to know that. Um, I still don't believe that in any way that when um, uh, Aizawa gave everybody their physical fitness test at the beginning, um, that uh, Midoriya, who had spent like ten months training on the beach carrying garbage, uh, was somehow still less physically fit than her. I don't care that he didn't have uh, he couldn't rely on one for all. That uh, he was an incredibly fit boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but she did better than him, and at least Minetta. I can't, because I can never remember her name, but I remember that number 19 was Minetta. Oh, you can't remember Invisible Girl's name? Yeah. Uh, Toru Hagakure. Okay. Um, I don't remember where she plays, I don't remember if you, if you even see where she plays, but I just remember that 19 was Minetta, and Minetta placed above yeah. fucking Midori. But the, the reason I bring up Minetta. Yeah, um, no, we're all getting somewhere. And this, this is, I'm going to make it as non-spoilery as I can, um, but... There is, you know, story happens, and uh, Deku comes into conflict with cl- with Class One A, not to the point of like throwing hands, but like you know, hold him down because he he he's starting to go crazy. Um, 
and with and in it, every character gets a moment to kind of have a heart to heart. I know you're in their moment with Deku. Um, Minoru's is uh, the way it's translated is I fell for you when uh, we were in the uh, USJ. Yeah, in in the USJ when the villains attacked and you got us out of there, even though you, even though you were covered in wounds and could barely use your power. Um, the translation of the word that he used could either be "I fell for you" romantically, or "I adore you" in a friendship manner, uh, with great respect. Yeah, with great respect. Um, the, the the it was a fairly obvious mistranslation, but that's all it fucking took for these overzealous shippers who take every every crumb that falls off of Horikoshi's table and investigates it like it's 14th century English lit. Yeah. Uh, to go, oh, this means Minoru's by Something that... And here's the thing. This isn't by erasure, but to claim that he's by off of this one statement would be character erasure of the character. Yeah. Like... Because we have a character that we're about to talk about in a little bit um, where, like, you can tell this isn't a thing that we're, we're inherently against. But Mineta ain't that character. No. Like... And, and My Hero Academia really ain't that story. There yeah. might be by characters in My, in My Hero Academia. Story ain't about that. Yeah, and this would not be... And also, the characters themselves would have probably reacted a lot differently yeah. in this situation. It's, it's not something he would have shouted out mid-battle. Yeah. Like, that would have definitely dropped everything to a start, especially with, like, things being as they are uh, societally in Japan, if he just kind of came out and said he had a crush on him yeah. in the middle, like, uh, with a bunch of teenagers and stuff like that and. I mean, yeah, in, in anime, there's there are plenty of gay characters in anime, and definitely a lot of characters who are coded as gay. Half the villains. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would I, that that probably says more than anything that is mostly villains. Yeah. Um, but that is not Mineta. No. And um, like it, it was extremely strange for me to see that like people see like especially like when I when I like the first thing you because I saw the article was like oh a big reveal about Mineta's character so I read it. Um, even though I'm not anywhere near that, but I was just very curious about like what they were saying. And then it was like, I read the article and it's like, Oh, well this could be translated either way. And I was like, why is this a conversation? Yeah. It's, there, there it's, should it's be one, no... it's one panel that, it, and it has no weight or consequences for anything else that is said. Yeah. And like immediately I'm like, okay, people who want him to be by based off of this one thing or think it's proof of something. Like, that would be to completely dismiss every other single action he's ever done, ever. Now, that being... This is not a Dumbledore thing where it's like, you can go and read, like, uh, his sexuality and his his behaviors because Dumbledore was a fucking teacher. Like, um, you never get to see any type of his personal... Because that would have been inappropriate. Because that would have been extremely inappropriate. So, like, um, while it was... You know, what we've discussed Death of the Author here on this podcast before... Uh, but, you know, whether or not you believe it was in our right to, J.K. Rowling can come out and say that Dumbledore was gay. And that doesn't change your reading of Dumbledore because he's never doing so, anything. He's, de- he's not coded as gay. Yeah. Um, but that, but even then, that's fine. Like, you know, not everybody expresses things like that in the same way. And to say that, like, he'd be coded because he was teaching. Like, he, man, that is, that is a gay way to teach a class, to teach some students. Like, no, that's... You don't see any type of aspect to him, so when, like to to hear that 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 revelation 
the reason that it hit a lot of people so weird was it's like, okay, well, that's not a thing that people were thinking about. Nobody nobody read that story and was like wondering who Dumbledore boned. No. Um, hell, I don't think anybody was even thinking like, man, I wonder if Dumbledore is dropping loads of Minerva over there when they when nobody's looking. Um, <laughs> oh, like yeah, that was no that was nobody was like it was was going that way. Sorry, with I actively quivered when he said he that. did. <laughs> like just like a full shock went through his body. Oh, God. Um, but uh, but you could still do that with with Dumbledore, and it doesn't change anything about his character because we don't get to see any type of private side of Dumbledore. Um, so it doesn't really change much about who Dumbledore is. Something with Mineta, where his sexuality is the forefront of his character, is literally the thing that, like, you, the, before you know anything else about Mineta, before you know what his powers are, you, you know, know that he's, he's a pervert. pervert. And you know that he has a thing for, uh, that he definitely has a thing for women. And, uh, and that he doesn't have a thing for men at all. Like... Like, at no point is there ever any type of hint or justification to think that he has any type of sexual attraction towards men. No, I, 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 believe, I, believe, I believe Minette is a pedophile before I believe he's bi. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I probably would, too. Um, I, would, I don't know if I'd word it that harshly myself, but I, I definitely Oh, no, would. like, when he, when, he, when he first meets Aerie, his, his opening line is, I, I'd love to see what you look like in ten years. Uh, which, that, uh, which that, she would still be 14, so still a minor. Uh, 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 uh. Um, but that aside, um, I actually just watched that battle. By the way, um, uh, where he where he says that like that's when he fell that that's when he fell for Midoriya, and I one hundred percent can see like I definitely see. Yeah, that's this where is, I that's where I, I started he, to believe you. Yeah, that that was like you know to to borrow a concept from the show. That is when you became my symbol of peace. Yeah. Like that, one hundred percent works. Like, have, like watching Froppy and, and him like like escape the 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 league uh, the the league of villains uh, on the boat and all that. Like, no, like the way that Mineta acts in those situations. Like, he is very much uh, like, oh wow, you're so cool, Midoriya. You're so cool. Like, I get that. Like, oh yeah, that's when he gained this a massive amount of respect for Midoriya. Yeah. Um, None of that translates into any type of boy into love. Him, into him being any form of sexual. It's one of the few lines Minoru has that are entirely unsexual. <laughs> yeah. So don't do not take that from the boy. Yeah. But yeah, so like that's uh, I also just you know, guys, I understand getting in getting enthused with the characters at all and it's cool and all that. Stop. Sexualizing teenagers, yeah, uh, like that's, that's like I I'm not into etchy shit at all. Like um, that's and one of the, that's one of my and, hardest. And, and, if, and if you are, there are plenty of you know legal to drink alternatives in My Hero Academia that Karakoshi has made plentiful for you. Uh, cough, cough, midnight, cough, 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 midnight, cough, cough, Mount Lady, uh, Mount Lady. There's a there's a character that will be introduced that I'm that Ryan will literally bust a nut over called Lady Nagant. Her power is she turns to a Mosin Nagant sniper rifle. Yeah, Ryan will bust enough for that. Um, but yeah, like for me personally, uh, my tastes do not run etchy at all. Like I'm not real big on fan service stuff, which is funny because like you'll, you'll, there's a lot of nudity in the things that I read, like yeah. you know, uh, Berserk or Gans stuff like that. But as far as just like etchy style fan service, not at all what does it for me. I don't find I don't find it funny. I don't find it cute. Yeah, um, it is 100 percent what Ryan's into. Ryan Ryan likes his show to have some etchy in it. 
Uh, he keeps trying to get you, me to watch Food Wars right now. I mean, as a, like you, you, you don't say his favorite manga being uh, Kenichi's uh, World's Mightiest Disciple. Oh, well, his favorite manga is uh, Assassination Classroom. But yeah, Kenichi's Kenichi is very etchy. Oh, I know Kenichi's etchy. Yeah. Oh, trust me. He keeps trying to get me to uh, to read it, and I'm like, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm happy to listen to him talk about it and and like see the passion in his eyes as he describes the shit. But man, I do not want to read about like any of that. <laughs> well, it's, it's even like reading it as when I was reading like fan fan uh, translation, uh, I would I would have I would be this is me as a much more immature twenty something um, going. Dude, if, dude, just just draw porn if it's this so much important to you. Like, just <laughs> like you, you're every female character ends the battle with basically a pasty on. Yeah. But yeah, so that conclude that concludes our anime talk of quit quit sexualizing teenagers, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, let that let that be your takeaway. If you were sexualizing teenagers before, stop it. Get yeah. help. Um, moving on to DC news. I really thought that you were going to transition this by now. Enough of that gay shit. Let's talk. To, let's talk about Tim Drake real quick. <laughs> enough about the gays. Let's talk about the gays. Yeah. Uh, see, DC has been hit, hitting the news uh, for a controversial decision that that has come about. Actually, I've seen, um, I, I will say I've seen very little controversy about this. Versus the Mineta thing, which is almost the same story. Yeah. Um, but I've heard well, very little... Well, it's, it's con- at least it's, it's confirmed with DC. Yeah, yeah. Like, Horikoshi has not released any statement about Minoru Mineta being bi. Yeah. Um, but this, like, I've actually seen mostly positive, like, backing for. Yeah. Especially for how they're um, handling it. I, I, have, I, have, I have levied critique about it because um, with the story we're getting at... Um, Recently in comics, Tim Drake, uh, the third Robin, yeah. asterisk, has come out as bi. <laughs> um, the cur- the third Robin as of this recording. Yeah. What a fucking thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you if you were a 90s kid, this was your Robin. Yep. Um, like, he, uh, he, he uh, came out as, as, a, as bisexual, um, and... I have critiques about it, but not about it being a bad story or a or destruction of Tim's character. Actually, um, fairly, it's less that he came out as bisexual. From what I could tell, and this is having not read it, but this was just kind of seeing like how it was put, was like, for, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but basically, um, uh, either a bisexual or gay friend of Tim's asked Tim out, and Tim decided, fuck it. Let's 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 see if I enjoy this. Yeah, as more of an ex- exploration of his sexuality in general, which than just necessarily him being like I'm gay now. It's more like, hey, let's see if I'm into it. Yeah, which I mean, he's college age. This is around the time when you typically explore that stuff. Yeah. Um. So it's not that 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 part's not weird. Uh, my criticism of it was that if you DC has released a statement saying that, and it it irks me because. You're just doing this because you have nothing else to do with Tim. Like Tim doesn't have a book going on right now. Oh, he doesn't. No. I thought this was like part of his book. No. Uh, like y- like the Young Justice book that Bendis was writing, I think is canceled. Um, he's not in anything else. He appears in like Nightwing and Batman, and probably in the Robin book, but that's that's a Damian Wayne book. 
Um, and he will appear in Robins. Yeah, and he will he will appear on Robins this October when it comes out. Um, That's where the asterisk comes from. For anybody who doesn't know, you can look up you can look it up yourself. Yeah, like the 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 four the four main Robins that they all have a trait that sets them apart, or three of them did. Um, Dick was the is the Robin that got to grow up. He became Nightwing. Yep. Jason is the angry Robin, the one yep. that with guns that kills people. Damien is the Robin with the sword. You know, Tim Tim is the Robin who before they changed him was just good at being Robin and like being Robin. Yeah. And then they kind of forced aged him up and they have he has nothing else to do. Um like he was he was he was he was the Rob, he was the only Robin that was in a long-standing confirmed relationship that didn't really have turbulence and then because Bendis got to be Bendis it like you know it chaotically disintegrated off-screen. Yeah. Um, that's the, that, that is one thing I've actually have seen people talk about. It's like, it's not that uh, that it's wrong inherently for Tim to want to explore sexuality. It is weird that this is his essential rebound. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, it is ha- like, he broke up with Stephanie. Somebody's been in a relationship for, like, what, a long time? Because, yeah. Like, it's been, like, has it been a decade? Long, probably longer. Because I mean, like he, they were always they were love interests back when she was first introduced as spoiler, and they've dated on again, on and off again since then. Like she's basically his Catwoman. Yeah, and uh, and so and like, then like all of Rebirth, they were they were together. Yeah, so they've been together for a long, long time, and then it's just like they break up and they're immediately like, and now Tim's with a is gonna date this guy, and it's it's not like people are like, oh, he can't date a guy. It's more of like a. Man, let the kid have a break for a second here. <laughs> like that can't be a good relationship based off the f- just because it's a rebound relationship. Well, yeah, and like also, I don't wa- I don't want that to be Tim's identifying trait. Oh, that he's the. I don't the, want him to the be Byron, the gay Robin. The gay Robin, yeah. Because because that's that because if that's the only thing that people latch onto, it doesn't help that the 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 pictures they use for the advertisements aren't even him. Cause all that made it, all that, cause it, it feels like such a fucking pop culture relevancy stunt by DC to just get people going. Oh, the D, the comics they're making Robin gay. I knew I knew Batman was always sus. Yeah. The picture that they use for the advertisements isn't even Tim. Is Jason Todd. The 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 frame that they use for the advertisement is a Jason Todd story. I can tell it's not Tim Drake because Tim Drake's Robin costume has pants. Yep. He was the Robin that put pants on. Yep. Um, hilariously, like uh, even though all the Robins are black-haired, blue-eyed boys, just like their uh, their prodigal father, mm-hmm. uh, like there are there are differences in their costumes, and Tim's is the one where he wanted to cover his legs. Well, uh, uh, Bruce designed that costume. Like, because his his costume is Kevlar, not cotton. Because <laughs> you know, I, I I had one die on me, not again. That's fair. Yeah, and to be fair, a Robin hasn't died since. Well, Damien, Damien, but he got over it. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, just everybody cool it. On you know, I, I I bring the overzealous shipping message from my hair academia. Bring it over to comics as well. 
and all fandoms really just you know if if you if you got if you got characters that you like and you would like to see them together fine but don't let it don't let it consume you beyond reading whatever fanfic you you read that indulges that uh, we should also note uh, for a personal level here uh, Tim is also Pat's Robin yeah Tim Tim is Tim is my favorite is my favorite Robin I had to go through my own like you know I ha- I had yeah I had to hit a few check marks to be okay with this. For five minutes, I was not a good person, <laughs> and then I then I had to come come around and go. You know, it's not hurting me. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like I said, like the idea of okay, he's he's just exploring his sexuality. That's one hundred percent fine, and I think it's it's a thing that they should do. Um, but and I can see why we're like where Pat's coming from. Where if he's not in a book right now. Especially because he's not in the book right now. This definitely, I, I didn't know that. I thought this was just part of a ongoing Red Robin story or something like that. Yeah, there, there's no Red Robin book currently. Okay, see, so, yeah, so, so that does feel a little bit more like it's a stunt. Yeah, because also it's like, ultimately, canon is only going to matter as much as the next writer decides it is. Yeah. Um, you know, the the the, the you read you read a Green Lantern comic now. It is going to be nigh on unrecognizable because Grant Morrison is running Green Lantern. He is not Jeff Johns. Uh, you know he didn't want to write all that War of Light bullshit. Uh, so if the next writer of of Tim Drake, whatever he may appear in, decides, I don't really he 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 like oh he's bought he's by well he ain't kissing no dudes in my story so yeah or oh he's by well he was by now he is. Like one hundred percent. Like we're gonna piss some people off with some stereotypes. <laughs> we ain't gonna be subtle about it. He go. He go. He go. He went from Red Robin to Drake to Pink Robin. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that at that point, <laughs> at that point, the only way that Razal Ghul could then identify him. Is if he hits him with a straight Lucifer detective. <laughs> See that 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 point, I, I just I, uh, watching Lucifer has made me want Lucifer to show up in DC Comics more. But I know that in the comics he is nothing like the show. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, so, so I, I would I would I would love to I would love a I would love to read a Suicide Squad book ends with him just staring into Harley's eyes. What do you desire? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that that'll wrap us up. That was that's a that's our oops all topics. Um, uh, this is the Cavern Corner podcast. You probably uh, found us on you you used to find us on uh, SoundCloud, and that is where you'll find this one. This will probably be our one of our last ones on SoundCloud. Uh, we're going to be moving over to Anchor FM, uh, where uh, you can one. You'll be able to find us on Spotify now. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot more uh, accommodating towards podcasts. Um, I will be moving the entire library over to Spotify, so you'll be able to find us there as well. Um, also, find us on uh, Facebook and Stitcher. A search in Cavern Corner Podcast. We should be the only thing that comes up. I've guaranteed it. Uh, give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a follow. Um, also, now that we're on Anchor FM, uh, I will be leaving the I will be leaving a voicemail link on our Facebook page after I post every episode. 
So you can actually send us send us in your recorded question, comments, or statements and be on the podcast, if only for a minute. Hey, I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, but, as always, I was your host, Patrick. Co-host Jared. Say bye, Jared. Goodbye, everybody, from the land of the news. We'll catch you next time.